Welcome to Hadley Presents. I'm your host, Ricky Enger, inviting you to sit back, relax, and enjoy a conversation with the experts. In this episode, Hadley's Director of Community, Mark Arneson, speaks with Chris Mocker about transitioning to an independent living facility. Welcome to the show, both of you. Thanks, Ricky. Thank you. So good to have you here and so good to actually be starting a really cool and important conversation. I know that we get questions about this sort of thing all the time, and I'm really looking forward to jumping into that, but I'm also looking forward to learning a bit more about each of you. So before we get to the questions and the conversation, let's just get a couple of quick intros. So Mark, you've been on the show before, but Give us a little background about who you are and what you do at Hadley. Yeah, sure, Ricky. Thanks. So as you mentioned, my title is Director of Community, but one of the things I get to do is just visit different support groups or you know conferences and meet with individual people and just share about all the, the stuff we're trying to do here at Hadley to help. Awesome. And then Chris, tell me a bit about yourself. So glad to have you here. Thank you, Ricky. So good to be here. So I am living here in an independent living in King City, Oregon. I'm from a big family of nine. And so it's a little chaos all in one, but a good lot of laughter and just learning and growing as I dive into more of my low vision blind world. That's fantastic. And I know it's a different journey for everyone, but I think one thing that's really a universal thing, whether you are blind or low vision or have full sight, doesn't matter. I think we all want to find that sanctuary, you know, that safe place that we call home where we know where everything is and we feel super comfortable there. And I think that looks different for everybody. And that actually does change depending on where our journeys take us. So I thought it would be interesting to just get your perspective, Chris, on moving to an independent living facility and what was behind that decision, how you found things as you've gotten accustomed to that, and just uh, get a little bit of that story from you. And actually, Mark, I know you have some great questions to kind of get us going on that. So I will throw it over to you and can't wait to hear about, Chris, how you ended up where you are and what you're thinking about it. It's great. Thanks, Ricky. Yeah. Chris, I also want to thank you. I've just been so grateful to get to know you through the uh, support group that I've been able to join a few different times. And you're always so outgoing. And I thought this would be a perfect conversation to have with you. <laughs> so, but thanks for joining us, Chris. I am curious. I do have some questions for you, but I'd, I'd love to start with the, you know, the idea of like, even making the decision to move to, I think it's King City Senior Village, I think you had said, you know, and I was wondering, did your vision loss kind of have any impact on on making that decision? Well, it's an interesting question because initially how this even began is I lived in downtown Portland, Oregon. And so it was actually my family that was looking for a safer place for me to go. And why that was is not just the chaos, but also safety for me and cooking and cleaning. I just didn't see what I missed or I cut myself or needed stitches now and again. So it was getting to that point where I needed a little more assistance, but never would have thought of independent living. It was my family that found it. And when I initially looked into it, I thought, no way, but I love it overall. It was a good decision, but it was a stepping process of looking for that. Oh, that, that's, that's so interesting. So was there specific things that you and your family were looking for when you were considering different options that you had available? 
originally it was to try and get me closer to one of my family members. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Really that it was all kind of in connection with my transportation to be able to stay active. But we, I mean, in that time, the city was shut down as everybody was for COVID. So it was a little different of a time that we were trying to find that. But overall, it was just to find a safe place for me to be more to looking on the outside, looking in, I should say, it's to be in a safer environment for me and to where my meals would be prepared or, you know, causing any other health issues for my own self. So I think it was, it was a good communication. It was a good connection. I just wouldn't have thought of going to an independent living. I am again, so grateful that we did though. Gotcha. Gotcha. Thanks. And so just so I understand, were you living on your own prior to this move? Yep, 100%. And in a little one bedroom apartment all by myself, it was great. I love, I'm very independent that way, but it's just my biggest thing has always been as long as I'm on a mass transit, I'm accessible to a grocery store, you know, and being able to be motivated and to be able to do it on my own within my realm. I never would have thought of living outside of downtown Portland, but this has worked. That's great. Well, I imagine it was kind of a, a big transition. And I know for a lot of people, any kind of move is is oftentimes difficult. <laughs> you know, it's just something new and, and there's challenges that can go along with that. I, I am curious, you know, when you moved to to King City Senior Village, what was the experience like in, in kind of making new friends or, you know, new relationships? Has it been easy, challenging? Do you mind sharing a little bit about that? No, I, that's a very good question in that, I learned more at my age now. And again, I'm one of the younger ones living here in a 55 and older community, but we're just the dynamics are different, you know, and I still wanting to maintain that independence, but yet here we are given the opportunity. They provide so much here to be safe, to be, you know, of, of providing number one, our meals, but also to go to the grocery store, to go to the doctor's appointment, to go to transportation within a certain radius of miles. But it's just still to maintain that independence in a safe way. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So I'm curious, Chris, with your, you know, with your vision loss, I've oftentimes heard that many facilities, they don't quite know how to accommodate things for folks who are managing vision loss and, you know, staying independent and being safe. I was wondering if there's things that you've had to advocate for yourself or are there accommodations that you've had to ask for? Meaning I even think like, you know, the menus at the dinner table, are they offered in large print or does somebody help you get to the table and maybe help identify things that are on the table and things like that? Just any accommodations that you've had to advocate for yourself for that they've had to put in place? That's another really good one that I can't read the menu really, but they've never provided the larger print. I don't want to say I've asked for it, but in, insinuated towards that, but really what's worked for them is just to tell me what's on there today, the special. And then I kind of know what's on the main menu, but they certainly would read through it if I need to. But after a while, you kind of get to know the regular stuff that's on there. And then I ask what the special is, you know, but they're so kind and gentle to be able to let me know what's on there. Regarding sitting at the table, they will either escort me in if it's oh, some nights we have like a candlelight dinner, which is so sweet that they do these activities, but it's so dark in there. So I need a little assistance to get in there. And then my secret <laughs> to see where my food is, it's easier for me to put my light from my phone, amazingly enough, on a empty water glass. And then I have that extra light on there to where then I can see at least a portion of it. And then usually one that I'm sitting with will be more than willing to help me say, you know, this is where these are. 
And I'm so lucky that I feel comfortable to ask whoever's sitting next to me. And we usually get a little group together to do it, but everybody's so helpful to each other for whatever that is. Mine dealing with the low vision blind, they are so eager and kind to reach out to help when I need it. It sounds like a great situation and a a great place too. (laughs) So kind and so generous. So, you know, you talked about like, um, you know, reading the menu and helping you get to your table and things like that. Chris, do you mind sharing with me what your actual living space is like? It sounds like you went from a a one bedroom. Is it similar to the place, your living space at King City? Mine here is just a studio. I shouldn't say just because I love it. It's such a cute little room and it's got a huge bathroom, which because they are very wheelchair accessible. So with the shower and the bathroom so big, but the room I live in, of course, I have enough for my computer and my bed. And I do have a little TV that's over there or my own refrigerator if I do want to have my own things here, as well as a little tiny sink and a very small little counter space and some cupboards in the kitchen. So it's kind of up to you what you want to do with it. Some people I know don't always go down to the dining room and eat or they choose to provide their own meal or somehow. It's just interesting people's different perspective of what living and independent living is to them. I myself am more apt to, you know, have very little and eat downstairs. That's, you know, part of the rent that we pay. And the again, I love the community that when I go down and sit. But it, there's a lot of options living here, uh, again, at an independent living, what your options are for that. That's great. I think I agree with you. I think I would let, let somebody cook for me instead as well. I <laughs> <laughs> <My> benefit. <laughs> right? Part of the, the benefits there. I am curious, so I know oftentimes folks who are managing different levels of vision loss you know, oftentimes need different accommodations even within their living space, like maybe accessible thermostats or different window treatment to help with glare and things like that. Have you had to ask for any of that or talk to anybody about that? Or even if you haven't, Chris, how do you think that they might respond if you needed to? Those were great ones because I never thought of asking them about that. And my heat is all from one little, it's like one of those little heaters and air conditioners that would sit somewhat in a window. So I can alter that. But I will tell you without my magnifiers and my tools to help me read it, that is difficult where it would be so much nicer if I had a thermometer reader somehow. And I've talked to many others with my form of vision of RP that they have gotten some tools like that and said it's so much easier. So I would look into that. And then Mark, that's an interesting question because I've never known about something to help with the window glare. And I don't get any direct sun, but even the glare that I get is pretty amazing, strong that I would, I'm now going to look into that. Good. Well, let us know how that works out, like how accommodating they are, Chris. (laughs) So Chris, you mentioned like before you transitioned to King City, when you were living in your apartment, public transportation was kind of a big deal and having that available to you and and easy to get to. Is that something that was kind of went into deciding, you know, about King City being the right place or, you know, what is it like trying to get to different places and what public transportation available? It is. Amazingly, I I was very lucky when I lived downtown because of that. But here I do still have some public transportation walkable from home. I now know where it's at to be able to get to the bus and it will get me to downtown if I need it or to pretty much all around the Portland area with the assistance of knowing where I'm going. But also 
with transportation of my place, King City Senior Village, will provide within about a five mile radius. And most like grocery stores, there's four days a week, they go to different stores and you just are there to go if you need that or to doctor's appointments or, you know, things of need like that. There's just so much available right here. And that's part of the cell of of helping people that need that assistance of a transportation route. So it's been wonderful on that end. Good. Sounds like a wonderful place. I would love to come visit sometime. (laughs) But uh, considering, you know, with your vision loss and your level of vision, looking back now, would you say that this felt like the right decision and you feel like you're in the right place now? Without any doubt, I know this was meant to be, (laughs) if that makes sense. Yeah. I just feel like it's a blessing that I now live here. I feel safer. I don't have to worry about all the little deals of cutting and preparing food for myself of worries about that. I don't have to do that anymore. That was all taken away when I moved in here. So I have no regret. The only one thing that's different But it's not like I don't have it. It just takes longer to get around Portland. But I'm okay with that. You know, you kind of flex and bend a little on all aspects of it. And now I feel like when I'm looking ahead, I don't have to look any further for where I'm going to be in 20, 30 years. I just feel like this is my place now. This is where I'll be. This is home. That's cool. I have to ask, you know, I've heard different people talk about trying to get their mail. And oftentimes in places like King City, like uh, independent living facilities, the mailboxes all look the same. It's like this big wall or sea of mailboxes. I'm always curious, is it tricky finding like your own mailbox, Chris? I can't tell you how many times I've put my key into the wrong box. So (laughs) (laughs) So is there, do you have a system? Is there, how do you do that? I do. So now, because you kind of get it down, and I'm a numbers girl, I really, a lot of things in my structure of of reminding myself are not. So mine is I just feel over them. And I know that I hit this big gap of where the mailboxes are. And then the next strip is mine. And I go to number four down and then put the key in. And what do you know? It opens every time. (laughs) (laughs) Look at that. (laughs) That's great. So As I was listening to all of this, I was just marveling at apparently how lucky you've been to really land in this place where everything is so, so positive. And I don't know how much of that is luck and how much of it is a lot of research beforehand. So I guess what I'm wondering about as we wrap things up is if There is someone listening who's thinking about this, and maybe they have a great family who is uh, assisting with that research, and maybe they're doing it on their own. But in either case, I imagine there are some things, like maybe there's something that you would tell them, here's what to look for, or here's what to consider. So do you have advice about that, as well as any advice on actually making that decision to go ahead and do it. Because you mentioned, I don't think I would ever have done this if my family hadn't talked me into it. So just give us a little bit about what helped you to decide this was right for you and what kind of advice you would give to people who are looking for something like this. Great question, Ricky. I truly know that I was with my sister and we were looking at a couple of places The biggest thing that was recommended is for me to come and spend a night or two before you even make a decision. So if you find a place that kind of feels good or you kind of have a like a good gut feeling that it's nice, but then I know that some people move in and they are not happy. So 
I do think coming and most places will offer it, but take it on and do it is come and spend a night or two and spend that couple days, see how it feels, see how the people are, feel the area, walk as much as around with other people that can orient you with what is where and how you could make that work. That's what I know was a big decision factor. I, again, my first night here, when I was just checking it out, I thought, oh, I don't know. But the second night I knew it was a confidence of this feels right. So I just highly recommend that. And look at several places, not just one. Really consider a lot of it, not just what's under the roof, but what's around there as well for safety, sidewalks, you know, things like that. There's things to consider. And then talk to other people if you can. That's the best thing. Yeah, I think word of mouth can be so important. And if you can find someone who has lived there themselves or they have family who's lived there and can just give that feedback, that's wonderful. Chris, this has, again, just been such a positive experience that you've described. I know when a lot of people approach even having this discussion, there is that trepidation, but it sounds like it's worked out wonderfully for you. I appreciate that you have stopped by and shared that with us. We, again, really appreciate your time and just your sharing your story. Yeah, thanks so much, Chris. My pleasure, both of you. It's been wonderful to chat about it. So with the two of you, thank you for the offer to do so. Got something to say? Share your thoughts about this episode of Hadley Presents or make suggestions for future episodes. We'd love to hear from you. Send us an email at podcast at hadley.edu. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-T at hadley.edu. Or leave us a message at 847-784-2870. Thanks for listening. 